Welcome to the Right Place Podcast, where we learn with you how to navigate the world by building connections that matter, relationships that last, and businesses that thrive. My name is John Watson, and today my guest is Kirsty Scully, who's also my neighbor here in Durbanville. Kirsty, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. It's lovely to be here with you today, John. Thanks. Thanks so much, Kirsty. Um, now, we met a few years ago when you moved into the estate where we live, and we also see each other regularly at the Clara Business Network and other events. You seem to be a natural networker and connector of people. Has this always been the case? One of my top strengths is that of a relator. So I love being with people. In fact, I think I really suffer from FOMO if I don't go to an event. So that's probably why you see me at so many events, but I really do enjoy networking. I think it's vital. I think it's vital to our businesses as well. Awesome, Chrissy. Yeah, I think I, I also enjoy meeting new people, checking in with people, seeing them on a regular basis. Now, you've been a big supporter of the of the Clara Business Network uh, pretty much uh, since we started. Um, what is your favorite part of, of the Clara Business Network? Well, I think it's exactly that, just meeting with people, networking, talking to other people, getting to know other people. Of course, the wine tasting also helps. We we really enjoy all the different wine farms that you enjoy that you, you bring along there. So that's always good. But yeah, just getting to know our neighbors and getting to know other people in the community because our businesses all support each other ultimately. Awesome, Kirsty. Now we're looking forward to um, seeing you more regularly at the at the CBN and yeah, we've got some big things we planned for twenty twenty four. Now, you did your postgraduate qualification at the University of Stellenbosch. Tell me about your studies and maybe some of the people you met there during your time. Well, I'd been in the financial planning profession for really a number of years by the time I actually eventually went and did the postgrad. I just had just decided that I really needed to broaden my knowledge a little bit further and, of course, further my career. So it seemed like a natural pro- progression to actually go and, and do the postgrad. So obviously, once I passed that, I went on to do the um to do the board exam, which is which actually gave me the international qualification. And yes, met met numerous people within our profession who've certainly we've all been able to support each other over the years. Yeah. Awesome. And um now you started your career um all the way back in nineteen eighty nine for Southern Life. How did you end up choosing this direction? Yeah. When I, when I joined there, I, I mean, I was very young at the time, uh, but I decided that I was looking for a company which could, which would have a very broad range of options from a career perspective. And of course, when you go for, you know, work for a, a large company, you do get that sort of um, potential that there are so, so many different roles that you can play. And, and I certainly was able to do that. So that's what I looked for. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And, and what was one? person there that maybe showed you the importance of connections of building business relationships. Do you have any memories of them? Yeah, well, it is a long time ago. It's 30, 34 years ago that I started in this profession. But yes, I was very fortunate. I had a boss which clearly saw potential in me. Um, he mentored me really well. I, I was really able to learn a lot from him. And I was also fortunate that he pushed me through various um, qualifications, um, you know, s- supported by the company, and I was able to do that. So that that gave me that potential and of, obviously gave me the ability to increase my knowledge and, and move along in my career, yeah. Okay, excellent. So like you mentioned, you're 34 years later, you're still in the financial planning arena. You're a certified financial planner a senior financial planner at Corewealth, uh, which is based here in Durbanville. We also have offices in Eastern Cape, Mombela, and Cyprus. So when you moved to Corewealth in 2012, what attracted you to the company and, and also maybe the people? 
Yeah, I think there were two two specific things. If I think about just the the directors, was the the level of ethics, which is incredible, um, and also their faith. We have the same faith, and that made a very big difference for me. So that was particularly good. Um, but the other thing that I was particularly looking for for my clients was to have an independent financial planning company, so that we wouldn't be tied to any uh, any life assurer or anything like that. We would be non biased. And certainly that is something that Core Wealth gave me. Mm. Okay, excellent. I've, I've, I've met a couple of uh, your colleagues, all very friendly and, and, and very um, very helpful. Um, just quickly off the side, uh, you've got an office in Cyprus. Um, what's that about? Yes, well, you know, there are a number of um, expats who go across to Europe, live in there. So we, we do have a, a small office that's now in Cyprus. Um, which is, of course, very useful for those expats to be able to meet with somebody who understands the rules and regulations with their money, which has been perhaps left here, left here in South Africa, especially when it comes to retirement funds. A lot of a lot of people move overseas, but they still leave their retirement funds in South Africa. But of course, we also still qualify qualify to be able to give advice for for investments which are offshore. So, Kirsty, does Core Wealth have a culture of connecting or relationship building with clients and potential clients? Definitely. Uh, we spend quite a bit of time with our clients. We uh, even have events that we get together with our clients. But we have a we have a slogan, which is qualified, independent and personal. And when I talk about qualified, we employ certified financial planners, which is the highest qualification within financial planning that's available. And we also employ chartered financial analysts. And this is the highest qualification within the ad, uh, the ad, uh the asset management profession. So you're getting well-qualified people, um, independent. We're totally independent. So we're not tied to any company, which means, you know, there's no conflict of interest when we're dealing with our clients. And then lastly, lastly is the word personal, which is the fact that every single financial plan we do is different because there's no one size fits all when it comes to financial planning. Everybody's is very personal and very different. No, absolutely. I can 100% agree with that. Every person belongs to a family. Their families put their own needs, their own wishes, their own desires for, for managing their wealth, for managing um, their, their assets for, for their children, generations and things like that. And I think by building a relationship with your client, you almost grow with them. You you learn what they need, yeah. when they need it, they need it and everything. Yeah. I think I think that's one thing about financial planning. You know, we go through the sad times with families. We go through the happy times with families. We we really get to know what's happening with the children. Um, so it really is all encompassing. It's it's not just about dealing with numbers. Far from that. It's about dealing with people. Okay, excellent. And in 2016, you became a non-executive director at the Financial Planning Institute. Was this a natural progression for you after then 27 years in the profession? Interesting question. It wasn't something I was looking for at all. I was nominated and then appointed as a non-exec director of the Financial Planning Institute. And I think the reason why it came about was because I I do and I still continue to do a lot of work with the media. Um, and I, I've done numerous radio shows and television shows. And I think this was identified as the fact that I'm, I'm one of the people that really promotes the financial planning profession pr- uh, probably the most um, in South Africa. And um, for that for that reason, I was actually appointed as a non-exec director. 
Okay, and, and you've enjoyed your time there. You've seen it add value to to you, not just personally, but also in the profession and at Core Wealth as well. Oh yes, I mean I've had absolutely exponential growth um, to work with my counterparts around the world as well, and those who lead their countries in financial planning, and I've been involved with that as well. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So then last year you became the, the chairperson of the board of the Financial Planning Institute of Southern Africa. Um, I don't think you can go any higher than that, right? Um, the FBI is the leading independent professional body for financial planners and financial advisors in South Africa, and it's the only one accredited to give the CFP or Certified Financial Planning designation. So now you're nearly two years into this position. What is the most important thing that you've learned? Sure. John, where do we start? I have learned so much. It's been absolutely exponential growth for me. Uh, so it's really difficult to pinpoint, I would say, one thing. But if I can say, I have absolutely had to learn, and this is because I'm answerable to our whole board. I've had to learn to be able to give calm, controlled, confident, and I'd say certain responses to everything that I do and everything that I say. And I think that has been certainly a learning experience for me. I think something else that comes across as well is that I'm a firm believer that everyone wins when the leader gets better. And for that reason, mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time on self-development, but yeah. also with um, my, the CEO who's in the business, I'm there to ensure that she's also developing because I think that's very important as she leads the staff and the, uh, the organization from an operational perspective. So I think that's important. But I suppose if I also look at something else that um, from a board perspective, I think and possibly any chair of a board would find this situation um, is that it's quite challenging to keep a board focused strategically and not operationally. And that has been a big learning experience for me. So how has the FBI reacted to the wave of of AI. Everything around us has been challenged by AI or enhanced or even threatened by AI. What, is, what has been the FBI's reaction to the way of AI? And maybe then second part of that question is, is the CFP designation under any threat by um, mm. the way of AI? I think that's a very good question. And it's a question that does get asked quite often. In my personal belief, I do not believe that the certified financial planner designation is threatened. And the reason why I say that is because um, if I look at financial planning, financial planning is all, is all about the psychology of people and how they deal with money. It's not about yeah. numbers. But I think where we can trip up is if we don't keep up with technology, because it's at that stage that basically our competitors can leverage something against us. Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's you need to keep a, you need to keep abreast of um, technology, and then understand: is this a threat? Is this an opportunity? Is this something for the FBI to to delve deeper into, or to make our members at least aware of? Um, and also, I think people are still in. We're not in that um, yeah that that way of life yet, where we've given everything over to the robots. We still want to talk to. A real human being, or have a conversation yeah. with a real human about financial planning, what products are available, and what my family's needs are. Absolutely, I do think there's opportunities for people who've got a, a, a single need. Perhaps it's 
something small. They want to invest 500 rand a month or something like that. I think that can certainly be done through AI, and I, and I don't have a problem doing that. But I do think yes. people who are high net worth individuals still need that personal interaction and the 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 personal input behind putting together a financial needs analysis. And remember, what we are here to do is help people achieve their goals. And I really don't think AI is going to come anywhere near what we can actually do for people as far as achieving their goals. No, absolutely. Look, until, until AI can read emotion and, and predict the future, um, I don't think we're going to hand over everything to them. There's still going to be always that human element. Um, I do think that the, the, the FBI, especially with when your whole business is built on relationships, you have relationships with your clients, you have relationships with the, the service providers, the product providers, um, you, all wealth is obviously independent, so you can give some financial advice and no one is going to um, to question that. Um, and that's all based on relationships with, with other human beings in other buildings and other, and, and other companies like that. Mm. Absolutely. Great. Um, now, Kirstie, you've been a big supporter um, of the Clara Business Network and, and we're very grateful for this. And you're actually the sponsor for our first CBN event in January, um, on the 25th of January, and we're really looking forward to that. We've got Fairview Wines as well, which is coming in as our wine partner. We're really excited for that. And there'll be some little tweaks to, to the, the format of the evening, which will be revealed on the day. Um, but Kirsty, what are you looking to to tell the audience um, of the Clara Business Network on, on the 25th of January? Just maybe just give us a, a quick snippet of what you want to share that night. Yeah, so um, I will be there with my colleagues, and we'll be we'll be chatting to to everybody who's there. And um, you know what I find is quite interesting is, I mean, having having lived in this area for a while now, and um, I've spent so much time talking to people about their finances here, and there's certain questions which seem to keep coming through the whole time. And I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm really making a list of those questions and actually going through those sorts of things. So, in fact, I've actually started writing them down. So I've literally put it in front of me here so I can just run through them with you. But you know, questions about how to pass on our wealth from one generation to the next in the most cost-effective way and the least amount of tax. I mean, let's face it, none of us want, want to pay any unnecessary tax, even when we die. We don't want to do that. So I'm going to be dis dis discussing that because I think that is particularly important, passing one's wealth onto the future generation. A little bit about offshore investments, because I think it's so important. You know, a lot of us, we've got a, a lot of money tied up in South Africa, perhaps in properties, perhaps in other investments. We have to diversify. So there are ways to diversify offshore um, very easily with very little tax implication and all that, but it's got to be done properly to get it right. So I'm going to look at things like the right vehicle to be used to actually get it done most efficiently, um, looking at the most appropriate currency, looking at it from a tax perspective, and then, of course, ensuring that we can protect you and, and, your, and your estate against probate because we don't want any wasted money going, going when it comes to probate. So that's important. Um, another thing that comes up quite often is creating liquidity at death. So, for example, use the typical scenario, husband passes away. We want to know that there is money immediately accessible for the wife or whoever the partner is or whatever it is, you know, in the event of death. We don't want to have a situation where the estate is then tied up and the remaining spouse is left with a really tough situation because they've got no access to the money. So there is ways to do that. And, and I'll, I'll actually talk through a few of those different options. Um, 
And then what we could also do is talk about providing tax-efficient solutions for cash. Okay, quite a number of people here sit on a bit of cash, quite a bit of cash. You know, it could be any amount. It could be half a million. It could be a million rand just sitting there. It's kind of not doing anything, but you've got it in a bit of a parking bay. But the problem is that you're generating all this interest, and guess what? You've got to pay a tax on that. So we do have a solution to that, to, to avoid that sort of extreme amount of tax. We can reduce that quite a bit. So that is something that I thought we could definitely chat about. Um, yeah, and then just general talks about how to reduce those taxes. There are ways to be to do that and how to reduce the fees. So, yes, quite a number of things. We're going to chat about that evening and definitely some unique little stories that we can actually put into play to ensure that 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 your finances are looked after to the best of our ability. Awesome, Chris. And that, that sounds all really good and really interesting. And I think it's a good time of the year to have this discussion before the tax year comes to an end, the end of uh, February. So if people want to change their products or, or, or move their funds around for a more efficient basis, I mean, it's the right time to do so. Perfect timing. Absolutely perfect timing. That's why I suggested to you we do it in January because February is the month where we really work hard to ensure that people are not paying a cent more than they need to pay in tax. Okay, excellent. Um, now, Kirsty, we're looking forward, really looking forward to um, CBN and having you speak there. But but recently you travelled all the way to Singapore and, and was, was speaking that side of the world. Um, can you tell me a bit more about that trip and, and what it was, what it involved and, and who you met that side? Absolutely. So as chair of the Financial Planning um, Institute of Southern Africa, I was invited to speak to other world leaders um, who are responsible for financial planning in their countries. And in fact, there were 27 different countries and we met. And so I got a good idea of what other countries are doing in financial planning. And at the same time, while I was there, the South Africa took the award for having the certified financial planner designation in South Africa for 25 years. And that is quite a feat, quite an achievement. And it's probably because of that the fact we've had that designation for 25 years in South Africa, that, in fact, financial planning is of such a high standard that it is in South Africa. Okay, excellent. I mean, that really puts South Africa on the map. And I think we've got a very um, robust financial, um, you know, a financial landscape and we've got really strong financial institutions. And I think because yeah. of the, the strong ethics and the strong and the amazing work that the FBI does and the members and holding members to account, I think people can rest assured that when they are investing with a company like Fort Wealth or with a, a CFP individual, they're going to get good advice and they're going to be able to protect their wealth and also um, end up with a product that, that suits their specific needs. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think qualifications are important um, and it is important to deal with somebody who really has a broad knowledge of what, um, you know, what is actually happening in financial planning. And not just from a South African perspective, but also from an international perspective. It's actually interesting to note that South Africa is sixth in the world with a number of financial planners who are certified financial planners. We've got about 4,800 certified financial planners in South Africa. We are even ahead of Australia as far as that goes. Um, obviously, the United States is first, but worldwide, there are 213,000 certified financial planners, of which, as I say, 4,800 are right here in South Africa. 
Oh, well, that's actually quite fascinating. That I mean, that, that's actually a good thing that we've got so many. I mean, we are not the biggest um, country demographically or, or population size, but that, that we've got so many certified financial planners. I'm sure every one of us can find the right person to, to help us with, with our needs and, and, and build a relationship with. Absolutely. I agree. Um, now, Chris, you're quite a well-traveled person. You, you've, you've traveled um, all over in your private capacity, but also in your FBI capacity. And you've got colleagues and friends in the industry um, around the world. So for professionals working in a global context like yourself, how do you effectively build and maintain a network that almost transcends geographical boundaries? So, well, I, I meet with a number of people online now. I mean, we're so privileged to be able to meet online because it really does save quite a lot. But um, I meet with a number of financial plan planners from around the world, you know, to to find out what they're doing, to to learn more from them. And we certainly do learn from each other. Uh, so, yes, I've got people from literally all, all over the world. Some, some you know, uh, quite a number in the UK, the US, Australia, um, and even places like Singapore, uh, where, you know, there's a, a good standard. and um, I certainly meet with those those people on quite, on quite a regular basis, yeah. Okay, fantastic. And um, Kirsty, let's, let's get personal. This podcast is called The Right Place. Do you feel you're in the right place where you are now, in the right place career-wise, or do you see yourself moving up, down, or even sideways? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm in the right place. I'm not going anywhere. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I've worked very hard to to get a business together and, you know, a, a large number of clients and be able to have a suitable place for my clients. Um, I'm absolutely happy with the asset management that is done by Core Wealth for our clients. So I think that is really good. We've got a very good international exposure, which I think is, is, is important. We've got well-qualified staff, as I mentioned earlier, and we also have really suitable, good administration backup. So what we do at Core Wealth is we try and be a comprehensive solution to our clients. So we have um, short-term insurance people, we've got medical aid people, we've got life assurance people, we've got myself, for example, as an investment specialist. We've got two attorneys who are affiliated with the business. So they are there to, you know, do uh, conveyancing for properties. They are there to do uh, write wills. They are there to wind up estates. So actually, um, and even even a tax consultant, we've got a tax consultant as well. Oh, and a group benefit specialist. So really, it's a totally comprehensive service, a core wealth office, right here on our doorstep in Durnville. So it's particularly good. And um, so for me, long term, this is where I am, I think, until until I retire. Okay, awesome. That's wonderful to hear, Percy, that, that I mean, you, you've worked hard to get where you are. And I'm sure you find a lot of fulfillment in knowing that I've worked hard to get where I am. I've built up my client base. I'm happy with the company that I work for. I'm happy with the products that we promote or that we um, you know, that, that we show um, our clients. And, I mean, you get a lot of fulfillment out of that because you've built this up um, over many years. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's, the hard work has paid off, but, and it has been worthwhile in the end, yes. Okay, excellent. So um, we're here near the end of 2023, looking forward to 2024 when, when this podcast will come out. But what is your right place to shut it all down, to, to disconnect, to just breathe and, and, and take stock of life? Mm. 
Well, uh, in fact, we'll be going away for a few days to our holiday home. And then I'll also be spending just a week or so at home right here because you know what? We spend so much money on our homes um, and I'm fortunate to live in a beautiful home. And I'm looking forward to actually spending a bit of time and I can put my feet up and actually just enjoy my own home. Okay. That's a great answer. I think, I think people, people overestimate sometimes these, these weird and wonderful locations that you go on holiday to when you've got the best places home. You've got your bed, you've got mm. your pillow, you've got your own wine, you've got your own food. No one's going to bother you. You know the Wi-Fi password already. So you can, you can just <laughs> out and enjoy yourself. So no, um, I'm 100% on board yeah. with that one. Yeah. We um, are incredibly blessed to live where we, where we do. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Percy, just thinking back um, of your career, your younger self, school days, university days, what advice would you give your younger self today about connections and building relationships? I think, John, there's a, a saying that I really love. It's not what you know, but who you know. And for me, that is so important because so often you don't realize that when you meet people, who they could perhaps introduce you to. Um, and that's why I really believe it's not what you know, but who you know, because that will lead you further. Absolutely. I can 100% agree with you on that. I think um, you can study all you want, but eventually you're going to need someone to help you. You're going to need someone to build yeah. a business with. You're going to need someone to partner with. You're going to need someone to marry. You're going to, need, you're going to eventually need other human beings. And yes. um, the sooner we learn that, the better. And I mean, the sooner you start building these relationships, you never know where they can lead. And and also building a relationship with one person opens up their network almost to you. Um, so so don't burn bridges. Don't don't make enemies all over town. Um, you're gonna have a very small network. But I think building them one by one systematically and start and starting young. I think 100 percent agree with you. So Kirsty, yeah. looking ahead to 2024, um, what is your one wish? I can't only have one wish. It doesn't go like that, John. Um, I think the most important thing is I want to see peace on earth. I know that sounds cliched, but really peace on earth and a corruption-free South Africa. Perfect. Well, that's, I mean, if we can, if we can nail those two, I mean, we're going to be living pretty much heaven on earth then, I think. If we've got peace on earth, corruption-free exactly. South Africa. Um, yeah, next year is a big year for South Africa. We've got our first general elections, which is going to be very interesting. Um, there's a lot of speculation and a lot of people predicting what's going to happen, but I think we'll only know on the day exactly um, yeah, which direction South Africa is going to go in for, for the next five years. So, Kirsty, um, like I mentioned earlier, you're the sponsor and our guest speaker at our first CVN of 2024. Um, you've been attending um, quite regularly. How have you seen the CBN grow since 2020 up until 2020? Well, I love the excitement. I think there's a lot of excitement. You've done a lot, a huge amount to actually market CBN. And that is why I think we're getting so many more people. But we've had absolutely brilliant speakers. And I think the brilliant speakers really draw people for the next time. Um, I think that's very important. What I would like to see perhaps more of is people sharing more about their businesses. You know, we, we you're giving everybody the one-minute opportunity. We need more people to stand up because, remember, it's not what you know but who you know. So if you can just, you know, if people can talk about their business, give us a, give us a minute. Don't be shy. Um, actually stand up there. Remember, we all started at some stage with public speaking, so we know what it's like. 
don't don't be shy and remember that when you stand up there and give your own minute um you know more about your business than anybody else knows about your business don't do it with notes just stand up there and tell us about your business because you know more than anybody else and i really think that is the best way to promote your business so i want to encourage people to to do their minute it's not difficult and uh, yeah come along join in the fun Enjoy the wine farms. I think we could have we could have a lovely time with Fairview in January, and they they're going to be pro- providing some wines, some cheeses, and all that, which is always super. So yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to that, and I want to encourage others to come along to that as well. Perfect, Christian. That was a, a great advert for for the CBN, and 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 uh, I echo your sentiments. We've had a couple really had a couple of interesting uh, moments in the one minute speeches. Some people have been very nervous to do it, and as soon as they shared their, their their story in their one minute speech suddenly people's eyes were opened or that is exactly what someone in the audience needed and you never know when that's going to happen and the minute is a really safe space it is yeah. something that you need to be good at you don't necessarily have to be good at you can just stand up and say look i'm really nervous i don't normally do this but my business is xyz and people will appreciate that so it's not about getting it perfect yeah. it's more about doing it and just putting yourself out there and you never know who's listening yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we love hearing about other people's businesses. And especially, I want to really encourage the younger people, please come along. We want to hear about your business and we want to support your businesses where we can. But if you don't come and tell us about them, we don't know about them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Kirsty, I think we're going to leave it there. It's been wonderful to talk to you. I've definitely learned a lot more about you and the profession as well. Really looking forward to, to seeing you on the 25th of January at the CDN. I think it's going to be a wonderful start to the year. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, John. Lovely chatting. Cool. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next time at the right place.